This motherfucker wants me to read an ad. I'll read him an ad. Do you want to see a drunk guy piss on the side of a bar? Or how about having your fries eaten by some asshole that just sat down while you were in the bathroom? If that's the kind of chaos you want, then vote Touch Biloxi for Best Solo Duo Musical Act at this year's Covey Awards. Go to coastobserver.com and look for the Covey Awards tab. It's there, it's just hard to find. You have to click like three times, but it's worth it, trust me. And if it's not, fuck it. Like Touch Biloxi on Facebook. I don't care. Fucking drunk. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Greetings and welcome back to another Open Micers podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm both hungry and dad. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm going to let you uh, introduce our guest tonight. Yes, our guest is local musical prodigy and phenom, Mr. Simon Palmer. Simon, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, apparently a prodigy and a phenom. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, those are my words, not his. I'm I'm very high on your music, man, because I did. Or both me and Jason uh, both did a show with you. We did uh, Touch Biloxi's birthday party together. Oh, shit. The one where Mark got blackout drunk? <laughs> yeah, he got blackout drunk, and uh, I will take the credit. I'll take the credit of stopping him from running into the street. Perfect. So, At yeah, which point I, in the night? Because there were several times. Um, so he was both drunk and high on mushrooms, and he tried to run into the street, and I stopped oh, him. Oh, so dog, I didn't know he was on shrooms. Oh, well, legally he's not. Legally he was not. No, 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 by shrooms um, means other types of alcohol. Uh, yeah, alcohol yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like, fried mushrooms, like, the, they were really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 so yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I kind of saved his life, I think. But uh, Jason didn't stick around for the the music too much. I stuck around for to hear you play with Green Mantles, Which and was my man rough. <laughs> was it rough? Talk about that. Why was it rough? Uh, it was the first show I'd ever played with them, honestly. Okay. And uh, it was just kind of thrown together. It's like, oh no, it'll be fine. No, it'll be fine. Then I got up there, and it was not fine. And ev- and the th- well, good thing is we were all kind of fucked up. So the next day, I reached out to, like, the lead singer, Brian. I'm like, hey, sorry if it was a little rough around the edges last night. I don't know. You know, and he's like, you were great. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember anything, but it was great. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about either because, I mean, you did do great. You did really great with them. And uh, you. that's something that I, that I noticed because my brother introduced me to you because he knew you and I didn't know you. That is. And so that is. You met Caleb. Or you knew Caleb somehow. I already knew him. I knew him from a, was it a? Squeaky Lizard? Nightstand. Night, it's a nightstand. Nightstand and Lampshades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's his band. And um, we're yeah, not they open for them. me a couple times. Yeah, they're, they're a good, they're an opening band for sure. Uh, not a lot of talent to go around. Well, I'm telling Elton. I'm telling Elton right now. <laughs> hey, if Elton wants to come on the podcast and speak his piece, oh he's more God. than welcome. I, I asked him right to, now. I asked him if he wanted to come on at some point, and he never uh, hit me back. So I don't know, man. But uh, I've known Elton for years. That's how I actually even yeah. learned about Nightstand the Lampshades because I used to play paintball with Elton. Really? And that was night and day. Because, like, you know, you know Elton, and yeah. Elton's like a really nice guy. He's down to earth. You know, he wears yeah, but he's also a fucking marine. Banjos. And when he plays paintball, it is 99% Marine. Like, it just switches, and he is, come on, pussies, let's get down there. And I, <laughs> yeah. it was so, so stark a difference, because I only knew that Elton. And then I went to the show, and I see him in his nice hat and his nice dress shirt. He's like, Simon, it is so nice to see you here today. How are you? And I'm like, what yeah, the we're fuck talk- is this? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about uh, Pick and Barrett on Facebook, if Barrett. you want to like him on Facebook. Pick and Barrett. He plays the banjo for Nightstand and the Lampshades. But okay. no, man, I saw your set that night, and I was really impressed. And I had, I had followed your music page on Facebook after that, and I saw that you submitted a tape to The Voice. Is that right? I did. I was almost 
instantly rejected. Uh, just great on the ego. Just mm. <laughs> so good on the ego. <clears throat> yeah. See yeah, that su- that surprises me though because when I saw that you submitted to the boys, my first thought was I don't understand how they would reject you. because you have someone that has raw musical talent who can also play the guitar, writes his own songs, sings his own songs well. Like that's the trademark of any musician, you know. But they don't want that. They don't want that on the boys. They want like good looks, sappy backstory, and you to play. Uh, uh, Rihanna cover really, really well. Okay, so you have a third of that. Yeah. <laughs> which which third? Y- y- y'all decide. I don't. Yeah, know. you guys decide at home which third. But I don't know. Maybe we could make up a sappy backstory to get you on the voice. Has anything thought, happened I've that happened that. to you when you were a kid? Um, you know, like you already know that I run that my family runs an alpaca farm, right? Yes, I do know that. So I, I thought that I would just try to drag that into the mix and be like, when I was 16, Nutter Butter died tragically. And I thought that would uh, work just, just great. Never got that far. Or you could just say that you were molested by an alpaca. Ooh. I was going to say, wow, but you know what? There's some that would. There, There's there are some there. angry motherfuckers in the alpaca community. I feel like there's angry enough alpacas they would molest. <laughs> How long is an alpaca? Select a few. Not. Not hung at all. They're <laughs> not hung? Their penis is kind of like a dog's penis, except if that penis mm. was an earthworm. So, like, it still retracts into their body to a point, but then it's just, like, like it's nothing. Yeah. Good. So, running an alpaca farm, like, how, how many alpacas would you say you've seen fuck each other? Oh, we've had, like, full-blown alpaca orgies. Really? Uh, hundreds of alpacas I've seen fuck, absolutely. Um, but, like, you know, we would have, like, breeding day, and so we would just have, like, eight sets. Just, just mm. go. Just go at once. And then they'd all be done at the same time. I could go, I could go inside and eat my Cheetos, because I was homeschooled. What does that smell like? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, um... You over, I promise this isn't racist. I promise this isn't racist, but... Okay, we're going to cut you off there, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Please no, just, tread went, carefully. <laughs> have you ever went into, like, one of those Asian markets? Yes. And it smells like they use the same floor cleaner they use in the vet's office. Mm. That smell. Okay. That, that particular one right there. Which I've is, never noticed, but I, I go to the I go to the same Asian market all the time in Iberville. So next time I go over there, I'll give it I'll, a, I'll give it a good. See if it reminds me of your vet office. I bet it will. Yeah, <clears throat> my vet's awesome because so, he uh, he wears a bow tie and he loves to show pictures of uh, Nazis and kittens. He's obsessed ooh, with Nazis and kittens. Because there's like this whole website that just has pictures of Nazis holding kittens. <laughs> and this dude loves to show people. He's like, look, the Nazis like kittens. Like, okay say, then. Like, Will you please look at my like cat more. and find out why he's coughing up green well, shit? You know, they, they have a lot in common. Like, both Nazis and kittens. You tread they, carefully. They both hate the Jews. <laughs> worried about me. <laughs> What? Anyway. Cats hate... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Dude. You didn't know this? No. <laughs> cats hate everybody, man. No, they don't. My cats love me. I don't know where, where they're Your at. Your cats would know. fucking hate me, bro. Probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cat person at all. I'm more of a dog person, honestly. Dude, cats are so much better than dogs. Let me tell you. I used to have dogs. I love dogs. Don't get me Tread wrong. carefully. Look. Okay. Well, look. I don't have to take wrong. the cat outside to poop or, or piss or walks. But you have to smell it. But you have to smell its shit inside no. your house. Dude, you go get some good, good cat litter and you, and you don't smell it. Nobody smells you my cats when they works? come in my house. Most of the time, works. people come over don't even and know I have cats. Because I take care works. of it. I take care of it. I'm a good cat owner. As much as you take care of it, dude, your cat's going to have a stinky dump one day, and you're like, ooh, that's a stinky cat dump. No, because they know to cover their dumps. 
<laughs> so that they don't stink. Well, See, you know I what? Don't mind, I don't mind having to take my dog out if it means I never have to smell it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And my dogs just eat their own shit, so I don't even have to deal with it. Yeah, but then, like, I used to have dogs, and the backyard would be just littered with uh, shit mines all over the place. And then you go, <laughs> you go to cut grass, and you, you hit, like, a nice green fresh one, and it just slings shit everywhere. No, you don't have to worry about that with cats. You just scoop it up, you put it in a bag, or, or put it in the toilet, and you're done with it. You don't even have to smell it. You know why? Because out in the wild, cats bury their shit so that they don't get tracked by predators. That's why. Then why okay. the hell do they think my couch is so appetizing to shit on? Because your cats are assholes. <laughs> hey, fuck your couch. An asshole, and that's like, why it doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> Get a new couch. <laughs> I did. Oh, I, rem- I remember when you got that couch delivered. We were doing a, a little mock <laughs> podcast trial run. Right. And you got a couch delivered at like fucking nine o'clock at night. I it did. was cr- It was crack cocaine, actually. <laughs> this, ca- this is actually just a cardboard cutout of a couch. And it's hiding my small bag of crack cocaine. That I got yeah. from it at 9 p.m. that night. We did do a mock podcast together, though. We did, and we did that the night that Chadwick Boseman died. Like and we found out during the podcast, and there's no way we can release it now. Hmm. I, I don't know. Mark still really wants me to release it. I want you to release it too, because it just goes from really fucky and weird and us like trying to be funny. To me finding out that Chadwick Boseman died and just bringing and everyone like, down. Oh, everyone got And we real, talked about real. Chadwick Boseman for like almost an hour. And then we tried to be like fucky and funny again. And it just doesn't work. <laughs> but uh, so when, when did you start doing music, Simon? Uh, so rewind. I started learning how to do music. When I was 13, I took guitar lessons at the local church for $10 a week, which was a fucking steal. Sweet. Um, okay. and so this was a year ago? You're <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. I know, man. I'm a torn comic. I haven't comic, heard that at know? work every day of my life. Um, <laughs> so no, 13. Uh, so I'm 24 now. It's 11 years. Um, and did that for like for about six years and then i started doing open mics at local venues in downtown os uh i was too young to get into any of them but the government street grocery i uh, give them their kudos here their shout oh, yeah. out they live they by ireland rules <laughs> they're just like if you're, yeah, you're old enough to walk through the I door by that. yourself you can come in Bro, as a young performer i know that exact same right? feel i snuck into every bar on the mississippi gulf coast because I was calling all the bars to see, like, which ones maybe would let me in. And they were all mm-hmm. saying, no, Juke Joint's like, fuck you. And Mosaic's like, fuck you. Oh, bro, I walked into the Juke Joint at 17 years old. The trick is to walk in. Like just you, act like you belong there. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I didn't order the drink, and I made friends with the bartenders, and they understood, oh, this kid's here to do comedy. He didn't try to order a drink. He just wants Diet Coke. So we'll let him in. So, story time. Uh... The very first time I ever played at the juke joint, I had just gotten on the day shift at work so I could start doing open mics again, and I was calling places. This was way later. I was maybe like 22. Um, Last time I played I the could... juke joint, I almost incited a riot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I'm calling places, and no one's doing it, and I call a juke joint, and they're like, yeah, we're doing an open mic tonight. It's a Monday night. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just be there. And I showed up, and it's comedy. It's y'all. It's y'all's <laughs> yep. night. It's not my night. But I showed up anyway, and I did songs anyway. And it was so funny because I got to, like, my turn, and I realized they didn't have any of the gear for me, like usual open mics do. And I went to the, uh, like, the venue promoter dude. And before I could get my mouth open, he's like, you need help. You need help, don't you? It's fine. I've been waiting for you. And I ended up playing an open mic gig at the comedy night, which they were all very nice about. <laughs> that makes sense. You probably played in front of a bunch of people we know very well. Yeah. But you probably, probably wouldn't did. be able to tell us who they were. Exactly. That is exactly yeah. how it happened. 
Yeah, the um, last time so, I, I played at the juke joint was with Fall as well, and we were supposed to, we were playing outside, and it was like an all day festival kind of thing. We went on at like right. seven o'clock. We break in about to break into the first song, and the cops show up, and everybody around the place started calling the police, and so we get shut down. And I got up on the mic and almost incited a riot. So that was fun. Oh they were man! Filing noise complaints. Yeah, we, we had to move you? inside, so it was our band, you know, five dudes jammed up in the, uh, by the front door, and there were oh, people... please tell me that's the band name. Please tell me that's the band name. Five what? dudes jammed up against the Yeah, door. I wish. <laughs> there were people <laughs> standing on the bar. There were people just jammed shoulder to shoulder in that place. It was stupid. It was so loud, I couldn't hear for like a week. Well, to be fair, you're old and probably have tinnitus. Yeah, I do. I, actually, I do. I only have like 40% of my hearing left, so that's good. You know, that oh. makes sense. Because we see each other at Walmart a lot, and I'll go, Jason! And just fucking nothing. Like, I have to come up behind you and be all creepy and shit. Jacob, I, I hate to tell you, but I think that's just him ignoring you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Outside well, I don't usually podcast, expect people to come Jason, running up to me. Jason! 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 Just, like, walk faster. Walk I don't faster. usually uh, <laughs> expect people to come running up to me in Walmart threatening to kill me. <clears throat> oh, usually. Yeah, that, <laughs> that happened. Well, I didn't know what to say, and I saw you, and you didn't recognize me, because I had, like, my hat on and my mask. And I was I was with my girlfriend and my daughter who you had never met before. So you just see this girl and a baby and this fucking, you know, giant, soft looking man. And I was like, he doesn't know who I am, so I'm just gonna try to freak him out. And I yelled I yelled, like, Hey, you wanna fucking die? And he turned around and saw me, he was like, Oh right. say that. But I did and I can. I'm actually I supposed can. to wear hearing aids, but I can't afford them because my insurance won't pay for them. Mm. Yeah, let's. Uh, so that's you yeah. know who which. Yeah, well, you know which candidate we're endorsing on the podcast. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> we need hearing aids. Hearing 2020. <laughs> but uh, Simon, how do you think that uh, your music has evolved uh, as you've gotten? deeper into the music scene because i know you've been playing with a lot of different people as well as doing your own stuff and featuring on tracks so I'm, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of evolution in your style i definitely have um you know it kind of started out with like i'll just do pop punk covers like that'll be my mm -hmm. niche right uh which worked way better than i thought it was going to because there was like an audience for that that i wasn't aware of kind of going into it um, so I was kind of able to ride that momentum to this point, uh, or at least to like the last couple of years where I've been able to write more and just kind of been focusing more on a songwriter and kind of pulling away, like pulling inspiration from that style of music, but not directly writing that style of music, right. um, I think has been really beneficial. And the kind of the popularity that playing those songs gave me for locally is like invaluable. Um, I made like good connections and friends because of what I was doing and where I was playing, that I wouldn't be where I am without it. Yeah, that's definitely something that um, happened with my brother and his band, too. Because Nightstand and the Lampshades, for the longest time, was that shitty local folk band who did the Blink-182 cover. That was, <laughs> one that was really good. It was really good. Well, yeah, they, they do a really soft, you know, kind of, lovey-dovey version of Damn It by Blink-182. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, a, it's a very good cover. And I'm shitting on my brother's band a lot. They're actually a really good band. I'm just, I'm just giving them shit because it's my brother's <laughs> band. I love it when people do covers, uh, like a weird version of like, you know, a cover song or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know if yeah. you guys have ever heard of a, a band called Lucky Uke. <clears throat> it's a ukulele band, and they do covers of like old 80s metal. Like they do covers oh, of like uh, "Number of the Beast" by Iron Maiden and "Crazy Train" by Ozzy. Dude, it's great. It's some of the greatest shit you'll ever hear. And I really like that when bands kind of do like weird, you know, put their own spin on stuff. It's like if I want to go, you know, I, it kind of bugs me when cover bands kind of sound exactly like yes. what they're doing. It's like 
What's the freaking point? Like, I can do that. You know, I want to hear, like, how you would do it. Yeah. No, that, that's why I've, I don't like following bands like, like the Molly Ringwalds or the Chi, or the yeah. Chiwis. The ones that just do, like... They're actually more of a the show book. than They're they like are. They're like a show band, um, but the, just the covers themselves always came off, like, yeah. real by the books. Yeah, they're, they're note for there. note, uh, you know, note for note uh, copies of the original songs. They don't put any thought into it. It's just they're a complete just live show. Don't get me wrong. I like watching them. I but do too. I've been to a bunch of their shows. It's a fun show to go to, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they sell CDs and it's like, why? I could go listen to this shit. <laughs> I don't think I ever thought about if they sell CDs or not. Why? It's just the funniest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> like, heard. I can, like, you can get this shit on Spotify, man. Like, why would I want to hear you hear the play OG this? Do this. <laughs> I don't want to hear you play it. If I want to hear, you know, we're not going to take it. I'm going to go listen to the Twisted Sister, you know? <laughs> but have Would you, you like kind of... buy my note-for-note CD yeah, co- of covers so from the so weird 80s. to me. That's hilarious. But have you done anything as far as, like, self-publishing or anything? Like, uh, uh, going and, like, putting stuff on Spotify or Apple Music? Because that's the thing, bit, like... Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if you know my history as far as music and stuff. Like, man, I wish we would have had the self-promotion tools in 2004, 2005, when I was in fall as well. I mean, even falls from grace from like 2008 to now, like, you know, we just released an EP for falls from grace. Not too long ago, just released another fall as well album, which is out as of two days ago on Spotify. Yeah. Biloxi sessions for that. Go listen to it. Shut up, Jacob. Nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) and um it's so easy to put stuff out now it's like it really is 80 bucks and you have an you can self-publish your album it goes out to everything you can possibly think of you get royalties and you don't even have to have i mean that the only limitation you have is how much time you're willing to put into it you know that's the only limitation you have I completely agree with you. Um, and I've been lucky enough to kind of, so I did release an EP a couple of years ago uh, called Ghosts. And it was some of my first original songs I had done. I had gotten approached at a show by a couple of guys who had wanted to pay for some studio time for me, uh, which I still don't know why they did that. But uh, <laughs> it was really kind. Thank you. And I went up to the Mary C and recorded with uh, Robert Pickens for a couple hours. And that was that EP came from. Now I self-published it. I didn't mix it. I didn't get to do anything of that myself. Um, and I feel like I've grown a lot on a production standpoint from that. So I've been able to kind of like release little one-offs here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, by the end of this year, I'll be able to drop either another EP or a full album. I have the songs yeah. for it, just not the time. That's awesome. <laughs> Look, man, that's the, that's the thing, though. It's like the new artists and especially with the genre of music that you're kind of leaning towards right now because i would put you in the category of maybe either soft rock or like pop rock something like that yeah and uh, the, the thing the thing is with that type of style of music it's like everyone who plays that now puts out singles like that's all they do yeah. man. it's it's almost like is it even worth it to put out an album because you're gonna get more views on the single than maybe the entire album because what you're hoping for is that one of those singles will blow up to any waste, shape, or form, and then that is what motivates them to go listen to the rest of your music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always kind of put uh, emphasis on there needs to be a really good single release over, like, you know, I could drop this 16-track album and no one will listen to it. But if this one song who had a really inspiring video or something or it was produced really well, that might have more pull. Um, yeah, so right. I'm with you on that. And plus, with so the recording the- software and the stuff that you can have now, and plus, you're just kind of a solo artist, so you don't really have to worry about you know three or four other assholes getting their stuff done. You can just go do what you need to do, and it's it's a lot easier to do nowadays than it was it you know even ten years ago. And that's kind of what I've always felt has kept me from like the uh, stereotypical band setup was that I always had trouble dealing with three other assholes 
on where the direction was supposed to go, even just like getting down to we all meet at this time. Yeah. Seemed to have been a struggle most of the time for any project I'd been in. Um, I mean, hell. And it's always boiled back down to it's easier if I just do it myself. It's the older you get, the worse it gets. Like trying to do a false no. embrace practice now. Dude, me and Red Cap have been begging to do a practice uh, with the band for seven months now <laughs> since like january and we haven't had a practice yet and like i understand covid's going on but none of us have it let's just go practice for a few hours and just get some of this pent-up rage out man let's do it dude right? imagine dealing with fucking booking comics it's a fucking nightmare <laughs> dude you don't know it's like huh i might have to go up and do 30 minutes myself tonight because my headliner yeah. might not fucking show up uh, panama city <laughs> exactly which i replaced the headliner and that was no fucking problem but while we were on our way to a comedy gig in panama city florida we were already two hours away from every comic in the entire world that we know one of the comics i was supposed to go with us texas is like yeah you guys have fun man i'm stuck at work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude come on man day of what the fuck day of uh, like two hours before the show yeah, like two hours before the show. Actually, when we got there, they're like, oh, such and such, and such isn't going to be here. And like, so we went from like, what, six comics to f no, like, how many were supposed to be there that night? And ended up with just like four or three. Uh, it, was or supposed four. To, it was supposed to be six. It ended up being four. Yeah. And because uh, I was supposed to be booked, you know, just as like, I don't know, like an opening act or whatever. And I got bumped up to headliner because the headliner went to America's Got Talent. <laughs> and, appar and apparently didn't do too fucking well because I ain't seen his ass on the show. So, Jeez. And then, <laughs> as soon as the show starts, literally 30 seconds into the host starting the show, a fight almost breaks out. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, should we have chicken wire in front of the stage right now? Is this like a Blues Brothers situation here where i need to play some uh country and western <laughs> you know in this bar so they don't like throw beer bottles at my head like oh my god that place was it was so weird because it was the place we were at like you know the kraken the kraken yeah. was like a total nerd bar well this place was like that but it was filled with very angry rednecks <laughs> who did not want to hear comedy and they wanted to be comics too so they were very heckly and it i don't want to listen to it but i'm pretty funny yeah it's like i yeah. can do better than you like, you know and uh, it was awful long story short long story short i was supposed to do 30 minutes to headline and i did eight eight yeah eight minutes and they said hey bring the other guy back up so I brought the other guy back up. Oh, Jacob, when they tell you that, you're supposed to tell them to eat your ass. <laughs> then you I did see, a drum but the solo. Thing is, the <laughs> thing is, is I got paid the same amount of money because I said to the host, I'm still taking my fucking money. <laughs> so no skin, no skin off my back. Well, what's the worst show you've ever done, Simon? This is Luke. I was about to say, you got paid all how $5 can you, in your lunch. How can you hate that face? Look um, at him. <laughs> Look at him, dude! I, easily, I, can easily, I would literally so fucking much right I'd now. punch that fucking cat, dude. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would be your backup. I would. I'm too afraid, but I would stand behind you and I would give him intimidating looks. Don't listen to him, kitty. They're, they're uh, worst show I ever had, hands down. Uh, 2017 St. Jude um, benefit show. <laughs> the worst show I ever had in my life. Yeah, um, man, fuck them kids. Go off, Simon. Fuck cancer, shit. No, so uh, I wasn't getting paid for that show, obviously, because it was a benefit show. But they're like, hey, you have right. an open tab for a while you're here. And so I'm like, okay, I'm off work. So I'll show up at 3 in the afternoon, even though my, my set is at like 9.30. And I'll just drink all day. And that'll be great. No. Um, so that was bad. By 9.30, I was so fucking shit-faced, I could not remember the words to any song I was doing. I stumbled through the sets. Everyone kind of, like, went, oh, and then, like, left to that back smoking section of the Celtic that <laughs> where they all hide from the performer. And I just remember crying on the way home. <laughs> I'm like, I guess that sounds like an amazing show. 
<laughs> I get to drink at the show. And from that point on, like, I knew my limits of how much alcohol are you allowed to ingest before getting paid to do a game. That sounds, I mean, you got everything you wanted, you know? It's, that, yeah, that sounds. Like, if it wasn't reputation or anything, like, I had a great time. But. Well, hey, <laughs> you're, you're still doing great gigs, so obviously everything worked out for you. I remember going home and being like, Ryan's never going to hire me again. He's never going to have me. And then like a week later, it's like, hey, you free Monday the 24th. And I'm like, oh, let nothing changed. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. It, let me it's tell just those you kids boys. maybe, you know, won't get a cure, but that, that's fine. <laughs> let me yeah, tell I mean, you boys a cancer, horror but... story. <laughs> you want to hear a horror story? Yes, please. Sure. So Make arguably in 2004, I was going to play the biggest show of my life and career. We were going to play Voodoo Fest 04. And we get there that day, and they have a, a truck set up to do live recording. So I'm like, wow. We did a sound check. Our singer wasn't there yet. So we did sound check. We went and listened to the live recording. We're like, holy shit, we're about to have a live album at Voodoo Fest. Right. And the singer shows up late, as usual. And he liked his drugs at the time. Oh, no. So let's just say he didn't quite know where he was when we got on stage and was singing the wrong lyrics over the wrong songs, was tuning his guitar in the middle of songs. We were just playing a song. He's like, ah, he's just like, I got And tuning his guitar in the middle of the song. So, yeah, and basically it kind of sounded like Fozzie Bear the whole show because <laughs> he couldn't sing I'll do better for rock and roll and the entire <laughs> set I was up on stage playing drums and I kept screaming at the, the our manager get me the fuck off this stage right now so luckily we ended up finishing the show and it was horrific and uh, if I'm not mistaken the video may still be up on the Voodoo Fest uh website if you're hey, bro, we're going to go find that, and we're going to embarrass Jason on this very show. All right, let me look it up and see if it's still there. You, you boys talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back. Well, actually, you know, we're, we are uh, a little bit past the halfway point of our show, and I'm still getting really bad feedback from your end, Jason. I, I, I hear myself a lot. Dude, your microphone oh, sounds like, like Rice Krispies. Like I don't know what to do. I know but, it sounds like I know it sounds like Rice Krispies, goddammit, But I hear myself coming dude, from your end because you talk like louder than freaking <laughs> Sam Kennison. <laughs> okay, you're like screaming into like your this. mic. <laughs> I'll talk like this. I'll talk like this, guys. Oh, this is better actually. Anyways, right, it. <laughs> we're um we're a little bit at the halfway point. We're a little bit past the halfway point of our show. Simon is a late replacement guest for us. He came in for us on less than 24 hours notice. So thank you, Simon, for doing that. Uh, but our top five list for the guests we were previously supposed to have was our top five sayings. So if you guys want to talk about our top five sayings, we can still do that. I actually uh, had a little time at work today and picked out a few. Now, are they my absolute favorite? Not all of them. Are some of them just really interesting and I want to talk about them? Yes. Then Oh, Jason found oh, it. I think no, found no, it. I know I didn't find it. I, I did find a shit ton of videos from 2004, though, but I don't Ooh. see ours. I'm still a little looking. bit of a uh, little bit of hairy porn. <laughs> but uh, Simon, let's 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 talk about our sayings, man. What's your number five saying, bro? So number five saying I picked uh, was the first one I wrote down, which was "Don't look a gift horse in the mouth." Now, I like that one a lot because I didn't understand it for 23 years. I had no fucking idea what it meant. I kept hearing people say it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and then I read online what it meant the other day, and it suddenly made a ton of sense. And now I use it a lot. So what does that actually mean? So to, to not look a gift horse in the mouth, apparently back in the day... Uh, you know, sometimes you would be given uh, the gift of a horse, as you might assume. And uh, it was impolite if you were given a horse to look at its teeth and be like, bitch, you got terrible teeth. Why'd you give me a horse with terrible teeth? Like, that was just really impolite because it was free anyway. Uh, 
Okay, I understand. The the moral being, don't don't shit on free things because it was free. That's true, and it's the thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. They thought that you needed a shitty teeth horse. So that's that's very touching. My my number top my number five saying is uh love that chicken from Popeyes. Because <laughs> wow, I misread this. <laughs> I just fucking I love that chicken from Popeyes, guys. Like I no actually... no this. This is supposed to be very heartfelt, Simon. You're doing the right thing. I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm just... I just love <laughs> no, that fucking I, I, chicken from Popeyes, I think, man. I think you're on the right track. I also love that chicken from Popeyes. I just had another sandwich last night. See, and... I don't even care for the sandwich that much, man. But I could get a fucking three-piece of biscuit and Cajun fries and a soda for like six bucks. I don't know, dog. Like, when I... I loved Popeyes. I've loved Popeyes my whole life. But when that sandwich came out, it's like there was a more accessible thing from Popeyes for me now. Yeah. And that was really exciting. And so I, I do catch myself eating one of those maybe, maybe once a week, at least. I try to get Popeyes as much as I can. But every I time I pass Popeyes. a Popeyes, I, I say I love that chicken from Popeyes. But, but then you also see that line from Popeyes. Oh yeah, all the way out to the highway. What's uh, what's your number five saying, Jason? You know what? One of the sayings that bothers me the most in this world is when people say it is what it is, and then it topped off by Trump saying it a few weeks yeah. ago about the pandemic. And I hated it before then, and I hate it even worse now that's when people real, just say a real shit scenario to use that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is what it is. Like it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it only is because you made it. Ugh, um, I hate that. I hate when people say that. It is what it is. Like, no, it's not. Well, you know what? It is what it is, man. You yeah, it is what it, it is. It is. It is it, what it is. I will tell you, you do have quite a bit of feedback on your mic. Yeah, you it's not just me. On me, you might have to turn your volume down, Jason. All right. Yeah. How's that? Let's see. Um, talking, talking, talking. Uh, no, we're still getting it. Just like a little. It's better. It's already immediately better. Yeah, it is. There we go. We're good. All right. Good to go. Okay, awesome. So, Simon, let's, let's talk about your number four saying, man. What you got? Uh, so, number four is, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. <laughs> and I had never heard <laughs> this saying before, and I couldn't find a proper meaning behind it, but I'm assuming it means that that don't mean shit. And so I like it. It That's doesn't true. amount a, to a hill of beans. It's a very old-timey, like, 1950s way of saying... It, it it doesn't mean shit. I, I'm I'm gonna bring it back. I like it. Yeah, I do too. It, we're getting like a weird like feedback delay yeah, through back. your through you, Jason. Hmm. All right, hold on. Let me uh, let me switch us over to U.S. Central. See if that helps. So do we All think? Right, how's that? Good. Is that better? It, it's doing the that. same thing. Hmm. All right, how's yeah. that? Because everything's fine on my end. I don't know what the deal is. Talking, 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 talking. Okay, it it seems fine now. Um, my number four. Well, there it is again. Just be softer, Jacob. I'll back up just in case what you're hearing is my headphones. Oh, that might help. Yeah. Okay. So my number four is strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Hey now! It is from. <laughs> you're an all star. <laughs> from Bill and Ted. But, uh, yes, absolutely. One of my favorite movies and probably my favorite film series of all time, Bill and Ted. And anytime something weirds going on, I say strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Even if it's not happening at a Circle K, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what's your number four, Jason? Feeling under the weather. Of course you are. We're all under the weather. <laughs> These are Jason's top five least favorite sayings. Yeah, I was about to be, this is just like, did you hear this saying the other day? It's ridiculous. It's like, it's yeah, like I don't really have any favorite sayings. I just, dad jokes. I have ones that bug me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your, uh, what's your number three, Simon? Uh, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. 
And I read that. That sounds sounds like some grandpa shit. (laughs) I want to say, I'm I'm probably wrong, but I want to say it's a baby cow. I think it's a baby cow. No, a sow is a uh, female pig. Female pig. Um, I knew it was a small animal. Um, And the fun part about that is I read it and I didn't understand it at all. And the like, it, all these ones I read off of, it's supposed to give you like what it meant under it, and it it was literally Grandma knows best. And I'm like, wait, what? That didn't answer any of my questions. <laughs> so I thought I include it uh, because it's ridiculous. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty good saying, man. My my number three saying is uh something's fucky. Because I say it every day that something's fucky. And it's also what Bubbles says on Trailer Park Boys. Whenever something's fucky, he says something's fucky, man. So would that mean, like, suspicious? Yes, something is off. Something's fucky. (laughs) Something's fucky. Well, if we're going to go with favorite sayings, I got to go with one that's close to that and that I use a lot. When something sucks, I just go, ah, that's so sucky. I have to Mm. say that a lot. Sucky and fucky. Yeah, sucky, sucky and, and fucky. fucky. It's a match made in heaven. Hmm. That's another Wait, one. Wasn't that the name? Match made in Ooh, heaven. Wasn't that, <laughs> wasn't that the name of the uh, of the twins in the Austin Powers movie? Remember the Asian twins? Sucky and fucky. I think I it might have been. their names were sucky and fucky. Or was it like Maybe Suki, Suki and, and Fuki? I can't remember now, but it was it was very offensive, and I love. Yeah, I like offensive shit. I but, lived on those movies. I wasn't ever the biggest fan. I'm a big Shrek guy, Shrek guy though, because I really resonate with Shrek. <laughs> you just really feel him on like an emotional level. Oh, I basically am Shrek. <laughs> but what's your number two saying, Simon? Uh, for me, it's the bee's knees. Because mm. I'm that all that ever gave me was an image that bees must have just fucking amazing knees, like they must have the most immaculate knees. Bees don't have but knees. Be like so, so like well, <laughs> round. Like everyone says so nice things oh. about them. Rampage said it was Fook me and Fook you. That was their name. Fook me and Fook you. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Good job, Rampage. Awesome. Thanks, Rampage. You my guy. Uh, no, so but the bee's knees. The bee's knees. That's something that I say a lot, too. I, I, I like that I saying. My number two, this is the only heartfelt one that's on the list. And it's something that I say to myself every single time before I go on stage, before every single performance. I say, sometimes the fear doesn't go away, so you're just going to have to do it afraid. And that makes me feel a little better, because no like one that. knows that I'm scared every time I do stand-up. But I know I'm scared, but they, they don't they won't know if I just if I play it off, you know. I like that. Right. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop being sappy though. What's your number two, Jason? <laughs> um, yeah, come on. One of my favorite pussy. sayings yeah. is one that my uh, ex father in law used to toes. say. He used to say, You can shit in one hand and wish in another and see which one fills up first. That's definitely something a stepdad would say. I was yeah. about to say that is like not my stepdad, my father. Never be anything. <laughs> did I say stepdad? I meant father. Yes, you, yes, you did. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> my father, my ex father in law, used to say that. Okay, that might have been what you said. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I'm so out of it. Today. I don't. I don't listen to you. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best for both of us. But Simon. We're at the number one. We're at the end of our list. We're almost at the end of the episode. It feels like we've been this here for like quickly. five minutes. Right. But what's, what's, what's your number one, Simon? Number one, and I did put this here honestly because I say it all the time and it offends all my coworkers, uh, which is I just c- casually and commonly yell, for fuck's sake, very often. Very often. And I recently saw a TikTok that was talking about for fuck's sake and like its origin. And that it came from, for Christ's sake, but they didn't want to keep saying that because that offended people. So they just made it worse by saying fuck instead. And I'm like, oh, that just makes it better. 
Can you see that? <laughs> Is that your number can you one? See, yeah, can you see our, our tie number one? The same exact saying. I say that every day as well, Simon. Oh, yeah. Anytime something goes wrong in my life, I just say for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I think it's a good saying, man. It is a really good saying. I am so honestly, genuinely surprised we both thought so highly of it. Well, I think we're actually kindred spirits in a way. We, we might be soulmates. Mm. I, I would lean away from soulmates more like the same being, actually. Maybe. Maybe. How... How closely are you in personality to Shrek? More like Donkey, but... Okay, well then we're, we're probably just meant to be best friends. That works. But, uh, yeah, that was my number one, so what's, what's your number one, Jason? And this if it's is not, the one for fuck's sake, you're messing I, up. This is my favorite saying to say when I'm frustrated, but nobody gets it because nobody knows what it's from. And I don't know if you guys are Adam Sandler fans. If you ever listen to uh, a couple of his bit. albums, he had this one album. Uh, you, uh, have you ever heard the the skit for the goat, where the goat's tied up in the back so. of the truck and the guys find him, and he's a talking goat. And there was one part where they throw a football at him. He's like, "I got no, I got no hands." He's like, "Oh, go long." So he runs out and he like gets hit in the fucking face with the ball, and he's like, "Ah, fuck me in the goat ass." <laughs> so I always say that. <laughs> I always say it when I'm frustrated, like "fuck me in the goat ass." No, and I've had so many people be like, "What?" <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that now instead of "for fuck's sake." I'm gonna say "fuck me in the goat ass." I want you to know how how close my number two was gonna be. "Fuck me in the butt," and I so I feel like that really works well with it. Dude, because when you're mad and you scream, fuck me in the goat ass, you will catch people's attention. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like if you yell, do you want to fucking die in the middle of Walmart? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, They're a little my, similar. Walmart security might be a little intrigued. But, Simon, is there anything that you want to talk about before we wrap? I think we, we still have a few minutes to go here yeah. if, you, if you want to keep the conversation Don't rolling a little bit. Don't shut me out the door yet, Jacob. Hmm. Not just yet. Is, you, is, there, is there any topic you want to discuss, my friend? Anything you want to plug? What do you have coming up? Uh, not jack shit lately. No, that's a lie, actually. Uh, so I have the Whatever Podcast with Mark and Simon coming out within the next few weeks. I'm hoping we'll get on a proper roll of getting those released. Uh, our unreleased first episode, maybe bonus content, maybe for the patrons. We'll see. The one that um, I'm a guest on, by the way, for our listeners. Yeah, Jacob was our very first guest. Um, uh, other things I have coming up, hopefully an, either an EP or an album by the end of the year, no shows lined up because of COVID, no singer songwriter festival this year because of COVID. Um, but I did want to bring up that I watched, I told you I watched a little bit of last week's episode mm -hmm. and I was thrilled, Jason, that you brought up Blazing Saddles yes. and Mel Brooks because that is my favorite director. I love Mel Brooks. I love Me Blazing Saddles. It's my favorite movie. Um, hands down. I finally made my girlfriend watch it two weeks ago, and she was so hesitant. She doesn't like old movies. I love old movies. And she was iffy on Mel Brooks' work, and I'm like, no, this is the best movie. You're going to love it. And I put it on, and she laughed the entire fucking thing. She <laughs> couldn't stop. Yeah, I love Mel Brooks as well. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, Spaceballs fan. I like Blazing Saddles, but... I might pick Spaceballs over Blazing Saddles because I'm the biggest fan of John Candy. Like, John Candy is my right. hero. I so love I John just, Candy. yeah, I, I look up to guys like that. I might die really young because I look up a lot to John Belushi, Chris Farley, and John Candy. So I might That's die soon. Because I don't, yeah, know. really fucking dangerous. Um, when I did Monsters Anonymous, I mean, that movie was a complete love uh, letter to here we Young go. Frankenstein. Yeah. So. I love that movie. I love that movie more than I love Mel Brooks. He's up there with my like top five favorite directors. Right. And didn't we I do didn't... that list? Yeah, I think we did. Right. Top five directors <laughs> or top five Mel Brooks movies? Because I would do either. Yeah. I think uh, I think we did top five directors. I don't know. But no, I just kind of grew up on their film. So like for me to put on this podcast and in the first five minutes. You mentioned my favorite, like, comedic director and movies. I was like, 
this is my shit. Okay, this is my shit. I see the appeal. Yeah. So, note to us, we need to talk about Blazing Saddles more. M- more about Blazing Saddles. Don't talk about recent movies, okay? You're going to lose your audience. Okay. Excuse me while I whip this 76, out. 77. <laughs> yeah. No one's seen Tenet. No one's going to see Tenet. I want to see it. I just, I don't really want to go to the movies to see it. I only want to see it to see Robert Pattinson, and I might get kicked out of the theater for jacking off. Shit. He's Batman, bro. Yeah. He is. And you know what? He doesn't look bad. He doesn't Dude, look bad. He feels I was I've I've said on the podcast before that I hated Robert Pattinson's Batman, and I haven't said since that I changed my opinion. So <laughs> the thing is is I, I instantly hate every Batman until I get proof that they're gonna be good. I did the same thing with Ben Affleck. I hated Robert Pattinson until I saw him. Uh, I saw him in the costume, and I was like, eh, I'm not really sold yet. But I saw the trailer, and it looks like it's going to be the best Batman movie so far. It looks fucking astounding, and Robert Pattinson looks like the best Batman so far. I really changed my opinion. Like, I, I'm sold on, on the Robert Pattinson trade now. I really am. Yeah. Candy Graham from Mongo. <laughs> Rampage puts in the, <laughs> in the, <laughs> in the chat Candy room. Candy Graham from Mongo. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that Batman movie because for one simple reason, it's going to be a detective story and that's what it needs to be. It needs to be, doesn't need to have, you know, $200 million worth of effects, anything like that. It needs to be, you know, Batman year one, year two type shit where you have a young Batman who doesn't really know what he's doing yet, trying to solve crimes and, you know, gets his ass handed to him a lot. Cause you know, I mean, yeah. that's what well, we need. I really love. I love the time period they picked because Batman is on his fifth year of crime fighting. Mm-hmm. So he's not a fucking noob. Everyone knows who Batman is, but he's still going to get his ass beat sometimes because he's yeah. only on his fifth year of crime fighting. And it's the, the thing that I love. Fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm pulling a Jason. My mind just completely went <laughs> fucking blank. Welcome to old age. <laughs> yeah, I've officially so- lived too long, guys. So I will be uh, the the either way too young person or way too old person in the room to say that I haven't seen the trailer for it yet. However, you know from what? the sound of it, from the two of y'all, I'm happy to hear that maybe this is a little more of a humble Batman. Yes. maybe Because mm-hmm. I feel bit. like with the Dark Knight trilogy, like I love those movies, but it, fe- it felt like they threw you in with him already being a badass. Yeah. Like there yeah. was no ifs, ands, or buts. He just got all the shit, but he already knows exactly what to do with it. And so the idea of like maybe he's still learning sounds nice. It looks like it's going to kind of have the feel of the Joker movie where it's Mm -hmm. really kind of grounded in reality. You're not going to have Batman, you know, scaling buildings and like doing all the other crazy shit they've had him do before. This is going to be a dude who builds his own shit, you know, like in the Batcave, builds his own suits and gadgets and stuff. So. It, it and his the the Batmobile looks like just like a souped up muscle car, and it's just it's the Batman story we want to see. It's going to be dark. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be like a crime drama, and that's what I'm completely looking forward to. I remembered what I was going to say. The reason that I love Robert Pattinson's casting so much is that I feel like I could kick Robert Pattinson's ass. I really feel like I could beat the shit out of Robert Pattinson, and that's the appeal of Bruce Wayne is that everyone feels like they can beat the shit out of Bruce Wayne because he's just some pretty boy, playboy, billionaire who doesn't know how to fight, but it turns out he's fucking Batman. So I really love, like, like you see Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, and you're kind of like, hmm, he still looks like a brick house. I don't know about that. <laughs> right. But you see Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, and it's like, dude, I will make you suck my dick right now. But you like, can't. I, I bet you get ped- pedicures on the weekend. You ain't Batman. And mm. I feel like that... That's supposed to be how it is, because it's supposed to be like, oh, he's Bruce Wayne by day, and you look at Bruce Wayne like, ah, that ain't Batman. There's no way that could be Batman. Like, what are you talking about? That's Batman. It's supposed to be like when you look at Peter Parker, and you're like, oh, that's not Spider-Man. Look at him. He's yeah, weak just and skinny. Kid. And, and I'm wondering if it's That's gonna... why I got mad about the Andrew Garfield casting of Spider-Man, because he was too hot yeah. to be <laughs> Spider-Man. Bro, Spider-Man looks like you, Simon. You would be a great Spider-Man. I would yeah. be <laughs> Simon for Spider-Man 2020. But I dig it. 
But the cool, uh, it, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a period piece or not, the new Batman movie, because it doesn't really, you can't really tell, like, when it's set, like, from the way it looks. Right. So I, I think it's, I don't know if they're doing it where this Batman turns into Ben Affleck. I want to say that is kind of what they're trying to do. And if that's the case, then it's going to probably take place in the 80s. Well, if that's the case, but... then they're going to try to tie it into the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, which I'm totally okay with. I am totally well, the okay thing with is, that. It's, the thing is that the Joker movie is an Elseworlds movie. It's, a, it's just a standalone piece. So the question is, is if this is going to be an Elseworlds Batman trilogy, because they're doing a trilogy, is this trilogy going to stand alone, or is this trilogy going to lead up to Robert Pattinson being Ben Affleck? And I don't think we have any real answers on that. Well, yet. what they're doing with the the Flash movie too is going to be Flashpoint. That's why they're getting all the all the different Batmans together. They got Ben Affleck back. They got Michael, Michael Ke- Keaton. Michael bro. Keaton's coming back. And um, God, God, I wish, I wish, um, what uh, crap? Uh, the Batman from nineteen sixties. Uh, Adam West. Adam West. Dude, wouldn't it be awesome if he was still alive to come back and play Bruce well, Wayne? I mean, they. They can run into some, you know, archived footage of Adam West. Dude, Just I hope they have Kevin Conroy come in. This archived footage. They need to have Kevin Conroy come in as well. The guy who's been doing the well, voice of Batman since the 90s. Yeah, well, my, my checklist is we have to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Yes. And we have to see Lauren Cohen as Martha Wayne, as both the Batman and the Joker. I mean, we just have to. It's finally happening. That's what we were promised, and that's what we want to see. Yeah. And if we don't see all of the flashes, if we don't see Grant Gustin, if we don't see John Wesley Shipp, I'm going to be a little disappointed that we see the history of Batman and not the history of the Flash in a Flash movie yeah. where he's going through all these different dimensions, all these different times. It's going to seem like a, a little bit of a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Now, well, The I... Flash is another one where I haven't kept up with the casting of it. Are they... Are they casting the guy from the TV show for no. it, or, or the guy from no. uh, the movie? The movies. Um, okay. It's it's a, a continuation of the DCEU, and Ben Affleck is coming back as Batman, which is fucking huge, because he said he was done with the character. And Michael Keaton is also coming back as Batman, which is fucking huge, because <laughs> he hasn't been Batman since 1992. <laughs> right. So I'm just, you know, I hope they do bring in the... Uh the TV versions of the flash too. It, Cause if, I mean, if they're going to do the flashpoint movie and that all of the different, um, you know, iterations of each character is in this universe as, you know, like, uh, different dimensions and like, like, you know, else worlds and all that kind of shit. Um, then why wouldn't you do that? Have them come in for cameos because they already did it in the TV show. Where um right what's who who what's his name that plays it in the movie plays the Flash Ezra Miller Ezra Miller they had him come into the Flash like TV it. show so I mean that tells me right there they're gonna do it I mean why wouldn't you Yeah I I just I hope they just put that same exact scene in the movie just put the scene where yeah. they met in the movie and, and that makes everything come full circle Exactly. And bring in Linda Carter. Uh, you know, Linda Carter needs to be in there, too. Bro, I'd still fuck Linda Carter. Dude, you and me both, man. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about fucking Linda Carter, guys. It might be time yeah, it's to say goodbye to the fine people. Uh, Simon, Simon, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? So y'all can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Simon Palmer Music. Uh, follow me on there. I try to post infrequently about any updates and things once COVID stops. Hopefully uh, that's be all where I'll be posting on my show dates too. Wait. Yes. Oh, Thank and I, I don't want to, I don't want to start the conversation up again, but rampage said Mark Hamill as a secret, unrecognizable, unre- uncredited character. I like it. You'd have to come in as the Joker, man. Or, or uh, who was his character in the flash? Um, the trickster, the trickster. He could do both. Why not? Why not both? Why not both? All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being our replacement on less than 24 hours notice, Simon. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I I owe you a little a little a little dick sucky sucky the next time I see you. (laughs) 
Uh, J- uh, Jacob, Jason, thank you all so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. i big fan of your podcast. I will continue to listen even after I've been on it. So thank you all for having yeah, me. We were supposed to have Thanks. Emily Dillon on tonight uh, from Stinger's Comedy, but uh, because of the hurricane and all that kind of stuff, she lives in Pensacola. Um, and plus she was supposed to be flying out to, to Maine and all that got messed up. So she wasn't able to be here tonight. Um, we're going to reschedule her for later in the year. Um, we got to find a, a spot to put her in cause we've got a full schedule coming up for the rest of the yeah. year. It, it might have to be 2021. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I captured this last week from the pepper, the pepper episode. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! That's all I wanted. <laughs> Now you now you have to catch one of mine the next time I do it. Okay. Oh my gosh. I can recognize right. Pepper from a mile away. <laughs> All right, oh, you guys. Well, well, thank um, you so much for coming on, Simon. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. If you want to email us, you know what to do. You can email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. We are at openmikers on Twitter and openmikerspodcast on Facebook. Follow us both, Jacob C. Craig on Twitter, Jay Funktastic on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook, but Jacob is. Go follow him at Jacob Craig. And we will see you guys again next Thursday. Bye.